0: Hey, everybody. My name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Thank you, everybody who listened to my last episode on Beastars. And I hope everybody who also listened to the trailer for the new Sunday edition saying, I am going to be releasing starting this Sunday is looking forward to it. Since we are all stuck in our houses lately, I am taking the momentous step of doing this in the middle of the goddamn day, because I can, instead of when I usually do it, <laughs> in the middle of the goddamn night. And I'm super tired. So let's see if that makes a difference. Um, and I'm also, I'm working on some other stuff that I um, am considering doing as part of like, providing some kind of social structure for this bullshit. That is happening to the world right now. So, um, look forward to that if I ever figure out exactly how I want to pull it off. Um, But that said, let's jump into what we're talking about this week, which is a little part of a big thing. And that's called a certain scientific railgun. i Now, a certain scientific railgun is the only part of this of the like railgun of a of the like a certain scientific, or or I guess I should call a certain or actually, the only part of what is referred to as the index of verse, at least in my skull, um, that I will be talking about here, because they've done something pretty impressive with like the index. Averse, which I'm gonna keep saying, I guess, um, and that is they've created this town and this setting, and all of these characters they can keep telling stories about, and they can, and in every in every single series in the index of Earth, those characters are exist. All the same characters exist, even if you don't see them, and it um. It ends up making it feel bigger once you realize that, because a certain a certain scientific railgun is the first of these shows that I've watched and probably that a lot of people have watched. Um, I watched it all the way through, and while I like it, I just haven't, and maybe now I have the time, to dive into the rest of the index first shows and universe. Because I understand that it's pretty big and encompassing of a lot of different characters and storylines and all that stuff. I will only be dealing with Railgun here. Now, the reason why it's called a certain scientific Railgun is because in this universe, people with psychic powers exist. And from from what I can gather, most of them are high schoolers. So this is very much uh, in the nineteen eighties mold of superpowered psychic high school girl or psychic high schooler. Period. Um, and the it's, for all intents and purposes, the main character is a is somebody named is a girl named Mikoto Mikasa Mikasaka uh, Mikoto Misaka. Sorry. Um, and then she's followed up by Kuroko Shirai, Rukio Saton, and Kazari Urihara. And the important thing you need to know is that three of these girls, and the other thing about this show is this show doesn't pretend that um, male characters don't exist, it's not that kind of show. We're not dealing with something like a um, Love Live here where, like, men just don't exist or or are faceless pr- plot contrivances that you have to deal with. That's not how this show works. It, it just so happens, it just happens to focus on male character on female characters this time. In other parts of the Index of Earth. You focus primarily on male characters. Um, there's another there's another series in this that came out pretty, um, pretty recently that focuses on Accelerator, who is from what I'm led to believe a crazy person with extreme intelligence or something like that. But I'm not. I'm, I've seen clips of that show. That's it. But this show focuses primarily on these four, on these four characters. It introduces other characters, and the way that they deal with the psychic thing is every high schooler in this, in this universe, uh, you're like led to believe in the world, but f- particularly in this city. I forget the name of the city actually, um, but in this city. Is given a test every. Well, I'm. I think every couple months. Like not like more than once a year. I think every maybe three months they're given a test, and that test is used to determine a whether they have psychic powers or if it's discovered that those, that the kids do have that a kid does have psychic powers, What the psych how strong those psychic powers are and how they manifest. Um you meet a character in this show named um I'm pulling up his name now um you meet a character I forget his name but you meet a, a side character in this show who's a main character of um a different show that of a different series in the index of Earth who is led to believe who people believe have has no psychic power, because they when they test it when they test people's psychic powers in this show they test for if they can make anything happen and this character can't all he, all his psychic powers are good for is canceling out everybody else's psychic abilities. <laughs> so while he can't like. ...shoot lightning out of his fingers or some shit. If he stands in front of it, the lightning will just dissipate. Before hitting him, or pretty much anything else. And I think you start encountering him in Index, like, in the middle of the show, and... ...Misaka is just kind of pissed off by him. Like, she tried to shoot him with her railgun and can't, and it just pisses her off more... But, um, the, so the basic plot of this show is it's a, it starts off being about kind of following Mikoto Misaka, and also you meet Kuroko Shiranai, and Kuroko Shiranai is an important character in not just this show, but the index of her. And she feels a lot like um, what's her name? I'm, I'm gonna get butchered for this. Um, what's her name from Fate? She has the same kind of um, from from Fate, not Fate Day Night. Um, the one that comes after that. Um, actually, probably Fate Day Night. But um, she has a lot of the same like slightly Cinderella archetype, except when it comes to Mikoto. Who she is desperately in love with. She calls Mikoto sissy. And she is her roommate. And she is... She's got it bad for Mikoto. And Mikoto's just like, I don't care, leave me alone, you creep. And both Mikoto, but both Mikoto and... And Kuroko are psychics in this universe. Mikoto is considered to be one of the strongest like levels of psychic I forget how they do the leveling but she's considered to be uh, like top tier and what she can do is she can manipulate electricity when I said make lightning bolts out of your fingers she can literally do that but her special ability that she like developed with this and why the show has the name a certain scientific railgun is she can pick up something about as big as a quarter like a like a quarter and she can and she can hold it between her index finger and her thumb and she can charge it and fire it like a rail gun like a railgun um shot with the same intensity same damage all of it and but something they do is interesting with mikoto that they do with that with mikoto that they do with a lot of anime heroines doesn't always work and usually just comes off as, like, off-putting, is they make her obsessed with this, like, cartoon frog character to the point that, like, everything she owns somehow involves this character and she's, like, really into frogs. She's, like, the frog version of a horse girl. Not the movie, but, like, the concept. And... Like I said, normally that, like, strikes me as odd and feels weird. But when they do it in this show, and this is true of a lot of the, like, moments of the show that might not work in other contexts. It's so odd that it feels right. (laughs) Like, it's like, of course this weirdo teenage girl with fucking superpowers is super into frogs. Of course that's true. And also the other thing is they don't... They don't pay... it. They don't... They don't focus on it. Oftentimes, what shows will do is they'll focus on those oddities to try and promote them and make them feel like they're there instead of just leaving them there like on the edges of everything. So you're like, oh... This, I guess this girl is just really into frogs. Like, they, they never point this out point blank. They're just like, they make sure her pencil case is in the corner of a shot. Or they make sure that, like, when she has a pen, it's got the little frog head on it. And giving that constant motif and using that character over and over again makes it feel like it's a real person who's just really into frogs. Um... Now, that, going over, and Kuroko's power is that she can teleport. And I forget what the, she can, I think the thing is she's like night crawling. She can teleport to basically any place she can see. I'm not sure on that. But she can, her power is that she can teleport, which they have towards the end of the show... At the beginning of the show, they don't have many fight scenes, but towards the end of the show, they have a lot of fight scenes. And she uses her teleportation power to like go and get shit and drop it on people, or like teleport somebody like two stories up and then drop them. And it becomes this like really unique concept of how do you teleportation as somebody who has is now twelve and has existed being able to teleport for their entire life. And it's it's really it's really it's the fight scene almost at the end of Railgun between Kuroko and a like unnamed bad guy. I forget what actually it is a name bad guy, but I forget his name. Um is like tremendous because she is so like so cutthroat and the other thing is she uses like um i guess the correct term is send on needles where she can just like throw them but because she can teleport she can like throw them and then disappear and throw them from an entirely different place and it really like all of that mixed together gives it a real gives the fight scenes with her between her and other and other characters a real dynamic that isn't, that isn't common. Unlike Mikoto, where it's like, somebody pisses her off, she shoots a corner at them and destroys them. Um, until until the end fight, when she's like, even she's struggling. So the other thing about Kuroko is she is a, she's a member of, the like, science of like the science protection agency or whatever. Ba- basically, she is a she is as a high schooler charged with keeping the other psychic high schoolers like out of out of trouble and in line and in and investigating things that might involve psychic high schoolers that nobody's found who have like bloomed for lack of a better word since the last testing period. And that's where we come, and she worked with um, Urihara, and Urihara is, like, a super low-level psychic. So to give you an idea of where this, of this sliding scale, let's say Makoto's at the top, and then, like, like, maybe, like, a third of the way, like, like, a third of the way down from that, is Kuroko. And then, like, just, like, a third of the way up from... Up the... Like, less than half of a third of the way up the scale is is Urihara. And Urihara has, essentially, um... She has sensory abilities that let her... That let her, like, divine things. But... um. She, so she is pretty, she, she's pretty, um, she, she's pretty, how should I put this? She's, she, she's fairly weak as a psychic, but she still has psychic powers. And it, and so she ends up being kind of like a support member for the like investigation squad that um Kuroko's part of. But then we get to to a character that they refer to as Sattun. Her full name is Rukio Sattun. But the... So the thing about this show's universe is it sets up this not clear inequality, but kind of low-lying, under-the-surface inequality where... Everybody in the city knows psychics exist, and they know that they have some kind of power and many many, many of the teenagers place somewhere on the psychic scale, whether they can like only bend a spoon or they can like shoot a full on railgun shot out of their out of their thumb. But what this ends up doing is there are certain characters who because this is a city, this isn't like an... This isn't like, um... Let me put it this way. It's not like the the town of Eureka from the show of the same name, Eureka, where the only people living in that town in that show are scientists capable of creating crazy shit, and it's a government compound, and no one other than a law enforcement officer... um is allowed in or out otherwise. So everybody in the, everybody in the town is basically a government contractor, even um, the law enforcement officer, whose name I forget, but it's not important for this. And that means that everybody's in on the secret, nobody's left out. But in the case of INDEX, this city is home to all kinds of people many of whom do exhibit psychic powers just because that's the reason the city was was either founded or reconstituted basically um, but there are character there are people in the city who exhibit no psychic powers and never do but and normally that wouldn't be a problem but in the case of the school setting here, and in case of the city, you have to remember, every three months or so, like I said in the beginning of this, they are tested. They're, like, stuck in front of a chair, and they're given all these different, like, standard bullshit tests to determine whether or not you have psychic powers. So, like, they'll be asked, tell me what card I'm holding up with the right answer facing towards the examiner. Or... Bend this spoon, or do this thing, or whatever, to a whole gamut of tests to determine whether or not you have psychic powers. And for mo- for some people, that's prop like the going through that every couple months is like, ah, oh, it's fine. It's stupid. I know I've I know I'm like a zero on on the on this scale, and it's fine. But for for But that requires a lot of, like, ignoring peer pressure and ignoring expectations of you and all these other things. And for Satin, it, they show... And the way you learn about these tests is they show you taking... They show her taking the test, but then they also show... Not, Kuro, not Kuroko, but they show Misaka... Makoto misaka's test, and they show that they bring her to an that they bring her to an olympic sized fu- swimming pool they empty this thing out they cover one side of steel and have her fire into it on the other end. So the differences in the test are really apparent if you just have the right number the right kind of friends and the friends who have are on the right number of the sliding scale. And what makes it worse for Satin is that she you know, she she's friends with with three with three other girls who are psychics, who all rate on the scale, even Urihara rates somewhere on the scale at all, where Satin is left kind of alone and Very many people in her grade, in her school, in everything all rank on this scale that she just continues to not be able to crack into at all. For the entire show, there are no psychic powers. For almost the entire show, she demonstrates no psychic powers whatsoever. And what the show turns into ultimately by the end of it it's this examination of a high schooler who, by all accounts, is completely normal, completely fine, but is, exists in a world of the extraordinary and is being judged on the same merits that everybody else who, ha- who has extraordinary human ability is. To give you a great personal anecdote about this, when I was in grade school, and when many people my age were in grade school, I don't know if they do this anymore because, fuck, they stopped making people run the mile, like, a year after I fucking was in junior year, which pissed us all off. Um, When I was in grade school, uh, the standard, like phys ed physical fitness thing i forget what they called it um but it had a really specific dumb name um was done to it was done to us once a year and once a year you would have to demonstrate if you could do a pull-up now i've said this on the show tons of times before but i am physically disabled and what that means in my case is I only have full use, like, capability to grasp and do things with, of one arm. Which means I, as a grade schooler, would have to be, like, bodybuilder-level fit to be able to lift my entire body weight with one arm and do a pull-up. I can do a push-up, no problem. In fact, because of the way I originally learned martial arts, I could do. I am most comfortable doing push-ups on my knuckles like a psycho. But in the case of a pull-up, that's, that's not repelling gravity. That's literally defying it. And needless to say, at no point in my life have I ever been capable of doing a pull-up. That does not matter. I am not fucking Laura Cross, the Tomb Raider, and regularly need to pull myself up onto a cliff. Even then, I probably would be able to do it because that's a different thing than a straight dead pull up. And what that meant was, is every year, I and this other poor girl in my class who was the. I was, for a long, in in grades, I'm no longer anymore, but in grade school, I was probably one of the taller people in my class. And this girl, whose name I won't mention, but who, who we became friends off of this fact, who was by far the tallest girl in her class and remained so for many more years than I did, um, or, or in our class and remained so for many more years than I did, We neither of us could do could do a pull up because I was trying to pull up a oh at that point I didn't know it but almost full grown body with one arm and she was trying to pull up like an adult sized woman body with like not the toning or training required and so we would have this moment this like mind meld moment I'm like oh fuck we got we both gotta go hang off the bar for two seconds and stare at our gym teacher like it's not happening you know it's not happening this is dumb stop making me do this every year and then we'd go home well, then we'd go home and we'd do something like we we'd have um our measurements taken which is a standard thing our me- I don't know if they do this anymore in high school and middle school and stuff... ...but you used to have your measurements taken in school... ...the same way you see in anime where... ...you know, you all line up, you all strip down the underwear... ...the nurse measures you, the nurse like... ...holds a ruler up to your spine... ...and the same girl and me... ...would every time... ...get a note home like... ...your child has scoliosis... ...and our parents would say to the school... My child does not have scoliosis. My child is just a big fucking child. Or in my case, his, his body is fucked. Like he is held together by duct tape and a dream and medical miracles. Stop sending this home. So the reason why I told that, that long antidote was because it's similar to the way that the school structure in Railgun makes Satin feel. Because this entire structure isn't built for her or for her benefit. It's built for the benefit of people like Kuroko and and Mikoto. It's less, less so for Urihara because Urihara's psychic abilities basically are like She gets a ticket into the club so she can be in there, but she is not the fire breather. Like, she's not the fire breather on stage. She gets to be in the club next to those people and be included. But for Shaten, she feels feels othered and she feels out of place. Especially since her three friends are all, like, super-powered, awesome people. It, it, the way I would explain it, if you wanted a like easy way to think about it, it would be like if a normal dude just joined the X-Men, like, had no superpowers, but just a dude. It's like, here comes Cyclops, here comes Storm, here comes Wolverine and Randy, and Randy's just like a dude on a Segway with a construction hat on. And... The show I want to say from like the middle from like the last third on really jumps into after I should point out that they do a lot of great world building for this show and they do a lot of work to let you know that Sotten is not the only person to score a zero and more importantly on these like psychic like tri-monthly psychic exams. And she's, not all, she's also not the only one that is really psychologically affected by that. There are lots of people who live in this city who are very well aware of the fact that there are little girls with superpowers running around and they are just helpless. Um, so what this show does is it builds up to that. It makes you understand that. Normal people feel everything from left out to threatened when they're when they're given the i when given the reality that they live in in this city. And what ultimately ends up happening is somebody I forget the bad guy names in this thing, but somebody basically, finds a way to chemically induce psychic powers in normal people, in people who rate who ze- rate zeros, who who I should note, are also referred to as like zero ratings in 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 the show's universe to their faces. Like you do not chart you are a zero. And that and that's what you hear the the teachers say that to Sotten and it's like said in a way that's, that disappoints them. Like, Thornton has disappointed them. And this is true of what's this, of the um, side character in this show who's the main character in the other show whose psychic ability is to nullify other psychic abilities. They, everybody regards him as this like, fucking lazy asshole. But he actually he actually understands what his abilities are, so he just is like, "This is fine. I'm fine. Whatever. Leave it alone." And he and he just kind of like fucks off and does whatever he wants. And ultimately, the like powers that be realize, like, "Oh shit! This guy is legitimately powerful, just not in a way that we have built the test for." we should probably just leave him alone because we fucked this one up, didn't we? (laughs) Um, but the, and and ultimately, Makoto finds that out and she's like, oh, oh, that's why I couldn't murder him because he was an asshole once. Um, but, but so the, the show from like the, I want Not even the middle third, like from the second half on until the end, until the end when, until the conclusion of the series. Um, spend this time slowly, like, breaking each individual pasta strand in, between its fists of Sutton's, like, confidence and self-worth until she's presented with the opportunity to like induce psychic powers in herself i think I think chemically basically through a drug deal and she does and she gets psychic powers and but the thing that she doesn't she doesn't realize as a normal person is how to use those powers or how to control those powers effectively because she is, she, she's not used to. Him. So to give you a good example of this, um, it's a little like um, Deku trying to figure out how to control his quirk, since he wasn't born with it, and he had, and it's a, it's an extra ability. It's an extra ability on top of just being a human, instead of being born with a quirk like Bakugo, and it's. But the thing is that. In the case of Deku in My Hero Academia, he there are people around to teach him, and he under and he's given the taunt and it, before he even inherits um one for all or um what one for all he all might has him train relentlessly so his body can. At least, contr- at least, have the possibility of controlling it. In the, in Thornton's case, the drugs like unlock her potential and give her psychic powers all but instantly. But without, it's not like it come. It's not like psychic powers come with a manual, and she doesn't understand what needs like how you control these powers. So she ends up. So it ends up they end up spiraling out of control. Not much at first, but then all but constantly. And she she has a Mimimi moment, if that makes any sense. She has a moment where like she ends up wandering the city deeply like really in her own feelings and like the world is constantly vibrating around her and, like, shit's shooting all over the place, but she can't control it. And if you wonder what I mean by Mimimi moment, um, by the end of the original Kill a Kill, spoiler alert, Mimimi has, like, the control core on a leash, and first she starts feeding it Rando's cell phones, and she's like, yeah. And then she starts feeding it Vespas, and then it, like... At one point, she just loses control of it. But before that, she's, like, wandering the streets and, like, coming out of alleys and eating people's motorbikes and shit. And and also in Romini's case, it's, like, a very emotional form of revenge. And which is different from Satin's case because all Satin really wanted was... To be part of the clique for real, and she had this, and the show came up with this, um, artifice, and 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 the the environment she's in came up with an artifice that says you can't be you you won't get to be friends with these people because these people are all special chosen ones, and you're not, and because you're not, you don't get to be with your friends anymore. And that can be that I mean that can be damaging to anybody, but it's especially damag- damaging to a teenage girl. And the and the show does a great job of exploring what built what building a society around a sp- specific things do when there's not a mutual respect for anything else if that makes any sense when so um the thing about eureka that sa- that saves the, the main character from the same fate as say someone like Sutton. the thing about the sci-fi original show eureka which is i can't stress this enough it is very good <laughs> It is a good time. Is that he is... A. The... um, The viewer... The um, point of perspective character... Which means you are seeing the world through his eyes. You you are following him through through the town of Eureka... And through whatever happens to it. And also... Everyone in the show is extremely welcoming and no one judges him. And he had... But he also has his own ability and his own... What's happening with my chair? um, He has his own specialty and, you know, skill and talent as a law enforcement officer. Um, Another great example of this is... um, What's that... Bad CW show. It's like The Descendants. And like... The girl is an immortal vampire. But this guy is a... Like... Descendant of a vampire hunter. And it's a teenage drama thing. I forget what it's called. It's called like Elementals or something. And you follow him through this... Through this show. And until they find out... That they don't... They can't figure out what he is. But he's something... He becomes this, like, point of perspective character who is not one of the, like, special evil monster class, but he's allowed to exist in the same place. And in that show, they get into a little bit more of something like what Saturn's dealing with, where other students make fun of him. But the, the key thing about that show is that up to a certain point, the actual staff of the show doesn't um, push him away. After a point, they do start pushing him away um, due to their own ignorance, largely. But when they do start pushing him away, they they have a reason and, and they are presented with a reason. But in this show... And he's presented with a reason, which makes him lash out. That's the same thing that Satin goes through. She, like, is uh, told she disappoints people in very low-key ways enough times where she just kind of, uh, her spirit is broken and she can't, pick up the pieces it's not something that she's capable of doing so that ends up making her emotionally weak enough to like give in to a drug dealer and get psychic powers she can't control and that spirals into the end of the episode and into the end of the into the end of the arc of the series and it It by the, at the end of it, there's no way that the characters in, the char- the her the three main characters who are psychics can't understand what she has gone through, and can't understand that you know, she she's not a psychic. She doesn't get to play to be in the club that they're all in, and when they talk and that when they talk about their tests being you know annoying and tedious to her she would love to have those powers so she so she could even so she could experience a test that's not just tell me what card i'm holding up bend this spoon burn this paper oh you can't do any of that how disappointing I guess we'll test you in three months, but I don't see if there's a point and all that. Oh, well, guess we'll just have to waste the budget on you then. And now instead of being unwitting um, agitators of the of the core issue, they can be there for something when that occurs because of shitty adults. And they can say, don't worry about it. I know it sucks. You know what? I'm ranked 7th. People have to live, listen to me. Let me go talk to the assholes. And let's see if we don't have to test you. <laughs> and let's see if you don't have to take this dumb test anymore. And also, because the show makes what is your presented with at first, Sotten's like mental state reverberate out to so many other people, and the same, like, people erupt with psychic powers they don't know how to control happen to all these other characters so quickly that the society of the show now has something they have to deal with. They have to deal with the fact that they've been psychologically abusing people who to no fault of their own, do not possess the ability to either teleport or shoot rail guns or create weird vector laser beams or any of this other insane shit simply because they can't do that and simply because they are normal. And it ha- that created an opening for colossal catastrophe. And it's... It feels like at the end of Railgun, the the society that that show exists in has learned an important lesson that it will have to take forward until the end of time, because they forget that lesson, that the possibility of what happened in Railgun will always be there. and it will always be and while it will always be a slight problem, the, everybody who exists in this show's universe as a whole will now know, like, oh, hey, you seem like you're getting a psychic test every, every three months. And it's been nine months since we started testing you. You are not developing power. We're just going to stop doing this so we stop having to drag you through it and just, like, once again... Breaking every strand, dry strand of pasta of your brain every three months for not only no, not only no benefit, but in order to create definite potential harm. Um, and it's a, it's a story that is, that I find interesting because about society and and indiv- it ultimately becomes about about a society and an individual and that individuals and, and an individual's place in society and how society should be obligated to treat an individual, um, and how and as somebody who. who grew up going through the school system in America, which is, while America claims to be very individualistic, our schooling is very herd-minded, if that makes any sense. And, you know, we have standardized tests. Like, every couple years in public school, you take a standardized test, some of which feel like they're going to define your entire life. So, for example... The SATs. I did not do great on the SATs. I'm fine. The my SAT scores do not matter. Your SAT scores will not matter. It is fine. But the problem is, is that all the immediate future is set up when you're taking the for when you're taking the SATs is to gate people. Based on their SAT scores. So if you get a perfect score on your SATs, I forget what that is like twenty, like, like twelve like hundred on your SATs, which is like, I guess a perfect score. Let's call that perfect score. If you get twelve hundred on your, your SATs, you don't you don't have to worry about that being the reason a college um, a college rejects you. But if you get a 500 on your SATs, as I knew someone who did at some point, then there's a whole section of social advancement and colleges and future that you are cut off from. Unless you have some other extraordinary circumstance that allows you to just feel like, disregard this SAT score, it does not matter, whatever but that's not the way that a A, people shine or b people are even given the potential to shine and uh, the fact of the matter is is that what the school what the school what the high school in railgun was doing is the same thing high schools in real life do except In Railgun, it's a psychic test. In in real-world schools, it's the SATs. It's some sort of standardized something that says, you need to meet this mark. If you don't meet this mark, you are, at best, a disappointment. At worst, a failure. And the hopeful thing about the end of this show is that has blown up in this society's face so hard that there's no way well there is there's always a way that they can't learn from it and they can't say okay we're not going to keep we're not going to keep testing random children for psychic powers they do or don't have from like grade school we're going to wait until something fucking levitates in a in a bathroom somewhere, until some crashing sound, until the lights flicker, before we're like, hey, you should go get a test. We should test you for psychic powers and just see what happens. It's actually this is actually pretty similar to the um doctored visit thing from Hero Academia, which has a lot of similarities um actually in that in my hero academia there's a force joint that develops in your pinky toe as a child that guarantees you will have a quirk a quirk of some kind but there are 20% of people who just don't have that joint it means they don't have quirks Deku was one of them and from that point on until he meets All Might, that meant that gym classes were like torture because the school bully can explode across the sky like a jet fighter. How's he how Deku supposed to freaking win at dodgeball against that? But society ignores and this is this is true in real life too. In also in both Railgun and um my hero, the society in both of those shows is set up to ignore by default anyone who is not exceptional. And if you look at the like low-level bad guys that sissy and Makoto, that um, Makoto and Kuroko both arrest as part of like a food stamp clothing store robbery or something. They are they aren't like necessarily bad people. they're just normal people who are trying to get ahead in a world, in a society that's built to advantage people with psychic power. Does that mean that they're right to go rob a liquor store or whatever? No, absolutely not. But it means that somebody needs to stop and say, hey, why can't these people make enough money to just exist? Why Why, why are we telling normal people that they are disappointments because they can't levitate a dresser with their mind? And I, I, just, I, I was looking for something to talk about. I was... Attempting to watch something to talk about, but we'll we'll get to that next week. Um, and I really liked the messaging of this show and the end of, especially the end of Railgun, because I think that this is a show in which a society is making the wrong social choices for the in, for not just one individual but for what ultimately ends up being multiple individuals, enough to be a herd that they are ignoring. And yes, they had to pay catastrophically for it, but that was the only way they would learn the lesson that... The show the show is really trying to teach everybody. It's try, this show is trying to say... If something, isn't wor- if something in society isn't working for even one person, that means that it's, wor- that it's not working for enough singular people that it needs to be looked at and possibly adjusted. Because, it, as, as, and this is a great line for now, as much as people want to believe they stand alone in some way, it is very rare that people actually do. Even as a brain cancer survivor, a childhood brain cancer survivor, I can tell you there are other childhood brain cancer survivors out there. I have met them. Um, Just because my circumstances are rare does not mean they are singular. And this this show seems to misconflate Singular and rare. Until it's taught, that is a mistake. And on that note, uh, and what I was going to say is, you are you are never alone, even when you say, even when society tells you you are. There is someone in the same boat as you somewhere, in the exact same boat. Maybe they just speak a different language. And on that note. Um, my name has been Alex. I hope that if you heard the trailer for the Sunday edition of this podcast, you're looking forward to that. That will be going up this Sunday um, and releasing around 10 in the morning. So you'll have something early to listen to. Um, but I hope you liked this episode of this podcast. And if you want to hear more, you can subscribe. And if you would give me a five-star rating on iTunes, that really helps the show. But until next time, I've been Alex, and you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, and I'll talk to you later.